Welcome to From the Stands, your one-stop shop podcast for insider access and in-depth interviews with your favorite Billiken coaches and players. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Billiken Podcast for the latest news on future episodes. Now, here is your host, Billiken Athletic Director, Chris May. Welcome, Billiken fans, back to From the Stands, where we talk uh, Billiken athletics all the time. We have a special Special day today where we've got some uh, some one uh, one person here that's been here a long time that you all you all will recognize, but a couple very special guests here. As today is an exciting day for us, where we are dedicating the court in Shafitz Pavilion, and it will forever be known moving forward as the Rick Majerus Court. And so today we have uh, Rick's sister Jody Majerus. We have Lori Hoke here, who is from the uh, Majerus Family Foundation, and we have Kevin Lish, straight back from Australia, who's doing great things, working working at Mosaic, uh, and we're thrilled to have Kevin back, and, and Kevin back in the community as well. But I thought what we'd do, first of all, is talk to Jody, Rick's sister, about um, Rick's real love of practice. And so the court is being named after Rick in the pavilion where practice happens all the time. And we all know how much Rick loved practice and loved teaching. And I thought I'd, I'd start with you, um, Jody, as, you know, Rick's love of ball. He didn't call it basketball. It was ball, right? Right. But he was in his element in the, in the practice gym. And so when we were first talking at the, at the reunion last year, you guys were so kind as to really engage in what, what we might be able to do to, uh, to honor him. And we couldn't be more thankful for that. But... What did, uh, as you as you recall, Rick and the game of ball, and Rick in practice. Rick loved basketball. He loved everything about basketball. He loved the language of the basketball. He loved the gym. He loved the smell of the gym. He just liked hanging out with the guys in the gym. But basketball was till um, the car, the last car he drove. He still had two basketballs in the in the trunk. Which is amazing. Like if I think he saw kids playing, he'd pull over and um, watch them play. But he loved bas- He loved the practice because he could teach, and he wanted everybody to understand the fundamentals of basketball. And he was um, one of the things I think was interesting is he loved the practice team for the scholarship kids. Right. And he would say to them with the scholarship kids. You know, if you knew the talent you had, and it's a talent I never had and would want to have, you need to work harder. And he loved the fact that he had both the practice and the, the scout, scholarship. The scout team mm-hmm. and, the, and the team. He did. He talked to the scout team all the time. Right. He had special names for he each did. of the kids. <laughs> um, Mike the walk-on. Yep. He said he was loved Mike the walk-on. Was there last night at our event. Right. Mike the walk-on was there. Absolutely. Yeah. He said, I love Mike the walk-on. I didn't love him in, in that way. He said, I just loved him, you know, because right. he put forth everything that he had. And Rick was a walk-on, as we know. Right. He started at Marquette University freshman year as a walk-on. And then um, Al McGuire, the coach at the time, had said Rick was the, the crappiest coach that he, he had a crappiest player that he ever coached. But he turned into being a great coach for sure. But I, oh, I think, without a uh, doubt. I, I, what I always recall when I came here to SLU and Rick in his first year, he loved practice. He loved practice way more than the games. And so I think it's so appropriate that uh, 
the court in where we practice every day will be named after him because uh, he was in his element. He was in his element of practice. Rick really prepared for practice. If you know Rick at all, he probably carried around six to eight yellow legal pads that he had notes on that very few people could read unless they knew him very well. And from my understanding, and you know, I defer to you, is that you learned the other team's plays and you knew them better than they knew them. So you knew your plays and you knew the other team's plays. And he expected you to play the, where you practiced. And I don't know, I'll turn that over to you. And Okay. Uh, not no, I'm running. There, but <laughs> you're exactly right. I remember our very first game with Coach Majerus. We were playing a tournament in Pittsburgh. Played like North Carolina A&T or something like that. And uh, this was from the year before they scouted them. They had the same plays this year, and we knew exactly where these guys were going to go. And almost felt like telling them, "Hey, man, you're in the wrong spot." <laughs> but we knew the plays better than them, so it was pretty funny. His his attention to detail at practice. Kevin, share a little bit about um, the messaging and the attention to detail. What what I recall is like exactly the angle that your foot had to be in the lane to block out to, to run somebody offline as opposed to not. I, I still remember it to this day, and I don't think you appreciate that detail so much as when you leave and you look back and say, wow, I, I really learned a lot. But everything, your feet had to be pointed exactly at the basket when you caught the ball. Right. You know, you had a hard show perpendicular to the baseline, you know, and all this terminology, and it had to be perfect or else stop practice. You'd wait till you get in the right spot, you get in the right spot, you're ready to go. No, you're running to suicide first, and then you can go. So <laughs> Or two. Or, or two. You know, I, I also found it fascinating on how he taught through visual, visual, and he, he, he used so much video, used the big, the big sheets of paper, laid out everywhere. I'm, I'm sure you had many memories of sitting in the, uh, sitting down there outside of the locker room uh, in our video space there, what, looking at all those sheets of paper and what they all meant for each team, because it was different each team. You know, he, he was really ahead of his time with a lot of that stuff, which now it's, you know, everyone's doing it. But right. you, you get to the hotel room, to the big ballroom, and all the team's plays would be yeah. You know, taped along along the walls. You watch so much film, but uh, you know he demanded you get the most out of yourself, and that's what what you want any coach to do. No question. Um, we have Lori Hoke here, who's with who is Rick's longtime colleague, financial advisor, chauffeur, and 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 everything else. Um, Lori, it's great to have you here. I, I didn't know. That you first got connected through George Carl and the Bucks way back when, when you met Rick, when he was at Marquette. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. So I was running George's foundation when he was in Milwaukee, um, and we I came over to George's. He had a bunch of people. Don Nelson, Rick came over, um, and then all of a sudden, about a week later, I get a call from a number I don't recognize, and it's. Rick saying, hey, can you help me with this? And it was something silly. I said, okay, fine. Why is this guy asking me to do this? But whatever, it'll take me 10 minutes. And then it was like, hey, you want to go here? Or can you do this? What about this? And then we just became good friends and chauffeur, like you said, when Al Jensen wasn't able to drive. <laughs> I was his chauffeur. And so it, we had a great relationship. I think I was probably one of the closest people 
to him, partly because I think I was one of the few people who never asked for anything from him. I think one of the fascinating things about Rick was his uh, acknowledgement and interest in how important academics was. Unbelievably important because he knew it was the way out. And one of the great stories I remember, I was telling people last night, we had just opened Chaffetz Arena. Next season, I'm going down to check in on practice and Kevin Lish is walking out. And the first thing I'm going is, Kevin Lish just got kicked out of practice. What is going on here? So I go to the trainer, what happened to Lish? What was that? He goes, oh, no, 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 he's going to class. I'm like, class? Some kid just left Rick's practice for class? But it was, it was such, a, uh, it was such an uh, appropriate reminder that at the end of the day, Rick and the academic piece was critically important. He had two academic All-Americans, one of them here, Kevin, along with Brian Conklin. But that academic piece was unbelievably critical, was it, was it not, Jerry? Oh, education was really as important as the game to Rick. And he expected you to give 100% to education like he did to the game. And his goal was that everybody w would graduate. And I think at SLU, everybody did graduate with two All-Americans. And he was very proud of that. He was proud of that record as he was of his wins and losses. Um, he loved the Jesuit education and everything about the Jesuits. And I think that he would be... He was always proud of you guys. And he talked to your teachers and he talked to you about your, what you were going to do because you're not all going to the NBA. So what are you going to do? And that was important to him. And he loved, he loved teaching. That was one of the things that you could say that he would do with it. Was any kid, stop and talk any kid who was doing something he didn't think was right and about that. And another thing that he res wanted was respect for the Jesuits, respect for his teachers, respect for everybody. He'd say to you, you know, when you talk to me, I want you to look in the eye and I want you to talk to me. Don't talk to anybody else. Don't be looking around. And all those things he learned through his Jesuit education, starting at Marquette High, going through Marquette U, and then staying with it. And I don't know, I think there's a lot of kids who never understood that. You know, you come up to somebody and shake their hand and introduce yourself. And that was important to him, a sign of respect. Kevin, reminds me of your uh, introduction to Coach Majerus. Yeah, I remember the whole team was, you know, the very first day Coach Majerus came in town for the first time. We're all sitting in like a semicircle and he goes around to the first person, Coach is standing, we're all sitting down and he goes to shake their hand and they stay seated. He said, son, when I come and shake your hand, you stand up and you look me in the eye. So <laughs> I think from that point, you know, he just wanted you to, you know, to be respectful and it's just common things, whether you're playing basketball or not, that, that you should do in life. And he taught so many different life lessons like that. Kevin, what, uh, as, we, uh, as we dedicate the Rick Majerus Court today, how, how appropriate from your perspective as a player what practice meant and what teaching meant from Coach Majerus. I think that's that was a really cool thing about Coach Majerus. He he could have cared less with the bright lights and you know having his name being on the news, all this stuff. He could have gone through an entire season not even playing a game, but just teaching guys, yeah. teaching guys on the court, um, you know, teaching them about life. And uh, I couldn't think of a more appropriate you know, place to name something then on that practice court because that's really um, from my experience what he loved and was just so passionate about.
he was he was clearly in his element. I remember talking to him and he talked about why he really didn't enjoy the games. The games were not his deal. But pra- practice and, and the stories that came out of the coach's locker room of those meetings that sometimes would go into the wee hours of the night and the morning. Um, but the, the conversation about ball, called it ball, and, and the conversations about what that meant and how we could get 1% better, how we could get just one step better to get that edge. And, and, and I think you're right, Kevin. He was ahead of his time with video. He broke more film down than anybody that I've seen. We are very blessed today here at SLU because we have coaches that break a lot of film down, both men's and women's basketball or soccer teams. We Rick would love it here today. And as we show you the Alachlan Family Champion Center and the videos and all the stuff that happens in it, he would be in his element because there's video everywhere. There's visual learning. And really, that's what I recall about him as much as anything is he was a he believed in visual learning. They had to see it. I, I came on an interview for the job 15 years ago, and I went to practice, and, and he, it was in West Pine Gym, and they had the, they had the video down below, and he'd stop, he'd stop, pull you off practice, put the VHS in, and, and replay it right there for you, and then fix whatever it was, get the suicides in, and get back to practice. And, and the funny thing is with that, you know, I've, I've been coaching for the past three years, and it's like the, the coaches said, you know, oh, we're going to have a TV down on the court. You know, this was a couple years ago. I'm thinking Coach Majerus was doing this you know, oh, yeah, 15, yeah. 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, for you a know? long time, yeah. for a long time, before the technology was set to really do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no. It was, it was a little antiquated, but it was, that was the idea, and that's why he was so special at it. And he was so special at helping people get to that 1% better. And we, uh, we're all blessed because he was here. Well, I have to tell you, I can't thank you guys enough for being here. I appreciate you being here. It's a great day for us. All I can guarantee you is when, the, when Father Sawalski gives the final blessing on that court, Rick will be smiling, okay. knowing that this practice court uh, has his name and how proud he was. So we thank you guys for being here. And thank you for helping make it happen. And Chris, the foundation thanks you. As you know, the tenants of our foundation, number one was at Scholastics, Athletics, um, Social Justice, and Medical Research. And this would be something he would love. It would be a combination of athletics and education. And he would be very proud of that. And he'd be very proud that you were here with him. Serving young people. No question. Um, Al told me one story they thought was real cute is that Rick was walking into practice and he sat down to put on, he had one sock on and one not. And so for 90 minutes he sat there with just one sock on because he just got so engrossed in the teaching of, you know, what you were doing that day. Al said, I never saw anybody coach with one sock before. (laughs) And with that, uh, we will we will be back to you from the stands uh, and at other time. But again, thank you, Jody Majerus, Lori Hoke. It's great, Kevin, to have you back. Have you back in town, and we'll have you many more times. But uh, Billiken fans, uh, come by and see uh, Rick Majerus Court in the pavilion where our volleyball team uh, trains and plays. Rick had a great relationship with the volleyball team back in the day. Um, and our two basketball teams train in there every day. So it is a great day for us to not only uh, christen and and dedicate uh, the facility, but really to honor and celebrate Rick and what he did here. So thank you all, and uh, we appreciate it. We thank you for having us, and we're proud to be here. Go Bills. 
Thanks for listening to From the Stands with Billiken Athletic Director Chris May. Subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes Store and have the latest episodes sent straight to your phone. Go Billikens!